Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Hello and welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Um, we got a crazy show today. It's it's actually um, an interview I recorded previously, but it's amazing. But before we get to that, and I explain it to you, Seth, how's it going with the holidays and the kids? Oh, I got to show you a video of uh, my uh, four-year-old. Uh, you know, uh, he got um, Paw Patrol Tower. Oh boy! It's like life size, and uh, he did his his videos for Christmas are always great. Like I got him Play-Doh last year. He's like, Play-Doh, I got new Play-Doh. <laughs> this year he said, it's a Paw Patrol Tower. I guess I was a really good boy. Oh, that's, a, that's so uh, cute. It's really, I got to show you, it's really funny. It and, is the best when you have kids. That yeah. is Christmas to me, 100,000%. Yeah. Freak out. How'd yeah. your little girl do? Oh, she's just, she's just an animal. She doesn't care. She, she was wild. Break, but she wants to play with their stuff and break stuff and rip stuff and try to take someone's eye out you know, <laughs> throwing things over her head like i had a discipliner it was like yeah she had to go in the corner it was just yeah. and your oldest son must just like run and hide because he's like nine is he nine he, he oh he got hit by her too that's the problem he she uh took simon i got him to simon you know? uh-huh cool uh-huh. You know, oh i love that thing we have yes. it at home Every, actually. everybody's got simon yeah it's been around forever too. Yep. And she just threw the box at his face. Oh. Know, like the, with the Simon in it. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. she's a little. Got to get a hold, control of that babe. Got to get control. Putting her in MMA ASAP. Y- exactly. What are you doing for New Year's Eve? I'm working. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But no, we'll go out earlier and uh, we'll go out with the kids. Maybe stop in Princeton. Um, you ever been to Princeton? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Such a beautiful town. No, I've been to Princeton. I thought there was something special going no, on. No, just that you didn't walk around when you get something to eat there or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, just before I go to work, and I just I just work on the side, and uh, yeah, I just keep it low key. I'll be home by nine. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, that sounds like me. I'll probably be babysitting one of the grandkids or something. We used to call uh, New Year's Eve amateur hour. Anyway. Yeah, uh, everybody did. All of a sudden, once everybody, you got past it, yeah, everyone's go out. Oh, we gotta go out and drink. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, you know. Okay, you guys yeah. have fun with that. Yeah, it was. We had a we had a great time. Tons of grandkids, tons of people. It was a lot of fun. It's good to have family. And oh just, my gosh, yeah. I like it when they're little, like they're three and four, or even two. When they're two, three, and four, and they say stuff like, "For me," <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh," they get so excited. I, I, it's so cute. I just love it. Well, I'm, I've got to tell you about the show this week. It's crazy. And as you know, I went to this woman's home to record her, and I'll explain to you why. 
this is an extraordinarily unique show. Um, I had the distinct honor and pleasure of being invited to interview Mrs. Frances Hesselbein about women in today's leadership roles. Who is Mrs. Hesselbein, you say? I do. Say it. I say it. And Frances is one of the most highly respected experts in the field of leadership development. Mrs. Hesselbein was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the United States of America's highest civilian award. I didn't know that. Yeah, for her role in the CEO. She was the CEO of the Girl Scouts of the United States of America. The all of, the whole shebang of Girl Scouts. She was also appointed two presidential commissions on the national and com- oh, I'm sorry on national and community service by President Bush crazy stuff wow crazy stuff Mrs. Hasselbein served in the chair listen to this one for the study of leadership at the United States Military Academy of West Point where she was the first woman and the first non-graduate to, ser- to serve in that chair that's unbelievable West but she's incredible I could spend hours, believe me, when I looked at the list of, I had to choose a few things, list of things of her distinguished awards and accolades, and she's so interesting, but I have to tell you, she blew my mind. She's very smart and sassy and very with it. She's just really smart, but here's the deal. We're sitting there talking, and it was a good four or five hour interview. Wow. Mrs. Hesselbein, who is a centenarian, do you know what that means? I do. She was born in 1915. Do the math, people. Do the math. 102. Yeah, not allowed to say that. I got reprimanded for that. That's oh. why I didn't say it. Oops. A woman never asks another woman her age or her weight. She reveals to me as we're sitting there talking, and talking in the middle of several, several hours, she says to me, look at this table over there. Isn't that beautiful? I said, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. She goes, it came from the White House. I was like, really? The White House sent her a table? I said, you're the White, exactly. I said, the White House sent you a table? She goes, no, it was there when my grandfather was there. I said, what do you mean? She goes, my great grandfather five times was president john adams she tells me that in the middle of the interview like hours later yeah crazy stuff and she's extremely humble extremely beautiful soft-spoken just the nicest woman ever and her mind is just brilliant so when we come back we're going to have this amazing amazing excerpt from my interviews with mrs hasselbein on her life and her career and we'll be right back the one tough mother podcast Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. Do you believe that the women today are drastically different from the women back in your day? I don't think so. Some are. Some are not. Uh, When you say back in my day, I think today is my day. You're absolutely right, and I caught myself on that when I said it. Thank you. But long ago, when I was CEO of Girl Scouts of the USA, uh, we were very pleased uh, to say, I am a leader who is a woman. Excellent. What about when you were younger? Did you notice... Do you notice today the younger women playing a different role in life than when you were younger, when you were in your 20s or 30s? I think life is much more open today for them. There are more opportunities and uh, doors are open. You know, a long time ago, in maybe 1665, Emerson said, 
be ye an opener of doors. Today, women are opening doors for younger women, but there's something wonderful happening. Leaders who are men and leaders who are women are opening doors that were never opened before. And it's a wonderful time to be a leader. You're right. And so when you were younger and you were growing up and and did you make this decision to be this this wonderful entrepreneur who just went out there and just took the world by the tail? Of course not. When I was very young and the mother of a little eight-year-old boy, that was the first time I uh, said yes to be a volunteer for the Girl Scouts. <laughs> and uh, in those days, uh, I don't think the doors were open, but women opened doors. And along the way, we had some remarkable men who also helped to open the doors. It was not enough for me to have this position. No, we helped other women move. That's so right wonderful. Right across the three sectors. That's wonderful. I think that, that it's becoming more and more as time goes on. Do you think it's becoming the, the world of women now? Do you see women taking large roles in politics and in, in business and in, in everything in life? Yes. And you think it's a combination of everyone behind them helping each other up the ladder, correct? And we remember, I am a leader who is a woman. Right. I like that. I am a leader. Not, not the reverse. Right. I love that. What do you think about technology? Technology and women in technology. Do you, do you see the strides in technology so unbelievably remarkable that women should get very involved, correct? How women should be involved right across the three sectors and in business government management uh, and um, the social sector. Yeah, I always think you're a woman who never used the word can't. Is that right? I think you're a woman who never used the word can't. I can't. I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I love that. Every... When, when we really have a mission and work we love, people we respect, there are no limits to what we can do. None. You're right. And we have to also respect ourselves, correct? That comes first. We have to respect ourselves. And something is happening right now that is very exciting. Uh, Pew Study Center is one of our most respected uh, scientific uh, research centers. They have found in this 
highly professional study that today the generation we are calling the millennials are more like the 1930s and 1940s that we now call the greatest generation and that's a few scientific studies. That, that's exactly what I heard you say. But today the 16 to 23s are more like the 1930s and 40s than any cohort since. How? Tell me how. Very, very exciting. Tell me how you how that tell me how there's so much how the millennials are, are like the nineteen thirties and nineteen forties. Give me your opinion on that. I think the millennials have had opportunities uh, and they have come together and recognize the opportunities that lie ahead. They have re enormous respect for other people. And so when you say, uh, we're talking about your own philosophy, well, I believe you manage the mission, you manage renovation, you manage for diversity. They say, well, of course. Doesn't sound surprising to them. What would the best advice be that you could give to an 18-year-old girl going into college? I beg your pardon? What would the best advice be that you could give to an 18-year-old girl going into college? Well, appreciating I am a leader with potential, however you phrase it. I have possibilities. I read newspapers and journals that provide current information. And our Leaders Leaders Journal, for example, is number one out of 1,600 journals and newspapers published today. That's just one example of how we help young people so be true. part of the future. They see themselves as leaders with great opportunities are there. You're right. I have to go back on something. You told me that you married an old man. You've an got to tell me that story. Not old. Older, older man. He was two years older. And how? And when was this? Well, how old were you? And how old was he? He was. I met him when I was fifteen in high school, and he was an older man. He was seventeen, a freshman at the University of Pittsburgh, and we met. And uh, when I was twenty-two, we were married, and. It was very exciting being married to a filmmaker. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and he encouraged me to do volunteer work. And um, he had never even 
fires a BB gun, yet when World War II came along and he was exempt because he was a journalist, he said, I have to go. So he was a combat air crew photographer, lean out the window, use a gun, fly back, take a picture of what you've done. And that, that your whole family was military, right? Your father, your brothers, you, your husband, everyone served in your family. My husband, my father, my son, my brother. All Army? or No, Army, Navy, my, and my brother-in-law, submarine commander. No, everyone served, and we began in a revolution. We served in every War of 1812. I used to take my little boy to Mentor, Ohio, and there were two graves. Captain Levi Penny, War of 1812. Next to him, his son, Captain Levi Penny, Civil War. Oh, that's Side by side. And as I said, my husband, my brother, my father, my son, all now, Francis, you grew up in Pittsburgh? Johnstown, PA. When the big flood was? Yes, 70 miles east of Pittsburgh. And it was a big coal, big steel, big hearts community. And when I was there, I was the first woman ever to chair their United Way campaign. This year, there is an article in a New York newspaper, the New York Times, that tells everyone about this woman who is chairing, for the first time, a woman is chairing the New York City United Way. And then they tracked it down and found I was the first woman in the United States in Johnstown, PA, to chair a United Way. That's incredible. I chose as my vice chairman, which I could do, the uh, president of the Steelworkers Union, and so we got everyone together. That year we had the highest per capita giving in the U.S. This year, New York City has a woman who is a chairman. And in 100 years, we are the only two women who have ever chaired a United Way. That's incredible. That is fun. Francis, did you wake up every day and just challenge yourself? You just, you just stepped into these things. Challenge. It's it's just opportunities. You just took every opportunity that came along. Yes, you have a chance to raise a lot of money for a lot of people with great needs. That's wonderful. You're right. You're right. You, and so every day that, that something new would come along, you would just go for it. You would just try. Every day is a gift. And I have had four 
professional positions in my life for. They all have been CEO positions, president, CEO. And I never applied for one of them. Obviously, I know nothing about uh, management and leadership. Never applied for one. Someone opened the door. And you weren't afraid to step through. And just go. Francis, were you ever afraid? Did you ever get scared? Did you ever think, maybe I can't do this one? No. No. I think there's something called providence. Providence has a plan for us. Call it anything you like. But providence has a plan. And when we follow where we are to go, when the door opens, we go through. There's something very exciting about that possibility. Now, who would say to me, little Johnstown PA, someday you'll be one of the first women ever to chair a United Way campaign. Uh, I not only would have thought they were slightly mad, but um, I would know that that couldn't happen. Again, it was very, very exciting. And when you include as your vice chairman the uh, president of the Steelworkers Union, you open a door to people who have never been engaged, highest per capita giving. And this year, the second woman in 100 years is chairing a United Way campaign. But 1976, that little Johnstown PA had the first one. Oh, that's marvelous. I have to ask you about West Point. That to me is just the fact that you that you spend time and that they have you at West Point and you're on the board and everything that you've done for West Point. Tell us a little bit about your West Point career. West Point is so inspiring. When I get out of the car when I taught a class every other month for two years at West Point, a leadership class. And when I realized 1802, they had their first classes. Now, my ancestor was president in 1801, John Adams. 1802. West Point had its first classes, and when you look at its history, the years we had our bloodiest battles, our bloodiest wars, those were years when the same number of young men applied to West Point. Oh my goodness. I've always thought how beautiful that was. Right. 
And and how did you get that position? How did did they just walk to you and say, "Hey, Francis, want to hang out at West Point with us?" How did that happen? Well, I uh, for a long time since two thousand five. I've worked with General Lloyd Austin III. Then he was commander of the 18th Airborne Corps. And in 2005, I had this call. Uh, Mrs. Hesselbein, this is General Lloyd Austin, commander of the 18th Airborne. You don't know me, but I would like you to come and speak to 70 officers on leadership. I've never met you, but I've been reading your material. I said, General Austin, I would walk to be there with you and your officers. He said, well, that won't be necessary. So I went down and the wonderful hospitality and the wonderful young men and women. It was the beginning. Recently, he had commanded all five branches of the military, and we began our journey that long ago. That's crazy. So were you the only woman at that time? Were you the only woman teacher, or no? You, there was oh, other no, women? I think they had officers who were men and women who taught. And um, I suggested, when they asked me to come and teach a class every other month for two years, I said, I think it would be very exciting if I didn't come alone, if I brought a great thought leader with me. Is that possible? Well, these three officers who were briefing me said, well, um, what kind of thought leader were you thinking of? I said, well, my first would be General Lloyd Austin, uh, and then uh, second, and then uh, the next would be Jim Collins, author of Good to Great, and then Alan Mulally, the president of Ford, who was making such a difference. They stopped, interrupted me, and said, do you think you could really get General Austin? I said, if he's free, yes. He was free. And so, for those two years, every other month, I sat like this with someone beside me. And um, it was always very uh, energetic when I was with the president of Ford Motor Company. And he was quite handsome, wasn't he? Big part. Wasn't he quite handsome? Oh, everything. Handsome, brilliant. Alan Mulally. So we're sitting side by side, and I said to the cadets, 24 in this class, Alan Mulally is the great corporate leader who um, transformed Ford Motor Company. 
he interrupted me and in a very tough voice said, I did not transform Ford Motor Company. The people of Ford transformed. Well, that's what they're learning. It's years. Oh, that's fabulous. And I was very happy to be reprimanded from <laughs> the cadets. But I've just, I have just loved uh, working there, teaching. And that's what it was. And the civilians, I see, I took a great thought leader with me each time for the dialogue. Every civilian I took with me and we left said something like this. Francis, thank you. It changed my life. Right. Right. That's wonderful, Francis. Yes. Beautiful experience. Tell me if you could sum up your life. Say sum it all up in a few words. What would the words be to sum everything up? That's easy. To serve is to live. Right. Because you're happiest when you're making other people happy. Beg your pardon? Because you're always happiest when you're making other people happy. You're always happiest when you're serving, when you're giving, when you're engaging, involving people. Right. And so to serve is to live. And that's, that's been your mantra, right? To serve is to live. My battle cry. Is your battle cry. That's fabulous. Thank you so much, Francis. You've been you're just an inspiration in everything you do. And you're gorgeous and I just can't thank you enough for, for letting us come and speak to you in your home. Well, I am very happy to have met both of you and um, there is uh, something about your the questions you ask are the right questions to open up. Thank you. That's so nice of you to say that. Well, important. Thank you so much. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back, and that was a great interview. She's just an amazing woman. And let me tell you something. You've got to hear the entire four or five hours that I was there. I'm actually doing it for another project. I'm doing a documentary for someone. So oh, on this cool. woman. Yeah. So I'll be interviewing her for a few more things, but um, she's she's incredible. And in the meantime, today we have headlines and headaches. Oh. Headaches. Oh, headaches. Why no. Like that? no, no. Today we were um, with our headlines and headaches. Seth, I said, bring it. With only good news, right? Yes, you did. With Because it, it's after the holidays. Bring it with good news. Go, dude. Give me some good news. Okay. Um, this is good. Uh, a bundle of 7,000 toys are delivered to hundreds of New York City kids by way of Santa and a sleigh stretching 20 police cars. Aww. How cool is that? That is really cool. That yeah. is cool. It's just Christmas is such a great time. Um, 
Hundreds of volunteers at an Air Force base in Colorado were answering questions on Sunday from eager children who wanted to know where Santa was on his Christmas Eve travels. You know they have websites now and stuff. That yeah, you can NORAD follow. always did that. NORAD yeah. did it since like 1950. I used to live in Colorado because we were military, and NORAD is the secret base in the, in the mountain, and they always did that, tracked Santa Claus. It's kind of cool, right? It's, you know, it's kids love it, and my 10-year-old still believes, so I can keep that up as long as possible. Oh, yeah. Don't, yeah. My friend's daughter's in fifth grade, and she said, Dad, people tell me this, this, and this. She goes, And she said to him, do you believe? He goes, I believe. Goes, and you know what I've learned, too, through this past Christmas? I don't mean to get off topic, but Christmas, Santa and Christmas is a spirit. So it, it is. is real, in it a is. sense. It makes, brings out the best in people and everything. So It's absolutely, 1,000%. It's a metaphor. Santa's a metaphor. And you know what? <laughs> I was that mom that did, my kids said they used to be terrified not to believe, because I'd be like, okay, dude, don't believe. See what you get. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, what? No, no. So secretly in their head, they were like, no, no, I believe, even though I acted cool like they didn't. But probably like my 10-year-old, eventually in a couple of years, he'll realize, yeah, we got you all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> eventually yeah. he'll know that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he starts asking me questions this year, too, which is kind of funny. Oh, like, that's cute. How does he know this? And this, he started to, you know. Yeah, that's the age, dude. It's yeah. the age. No, it's cool. I didn't mind. Okay, we got Jennifer Lawrence is keeping up, keeping up her Christmas tradition of visiting the Children's Hospital in her hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. I didn't realize she was from Louisville. That's I didn't pretty either. cool. No, that's cool. And uh, she, uh, according to social media accounts of Norton's Children's Hospital, Children's Hospital, the Oscar winner visited with patients and staff on Sunday. This is at least the fifth time she's visited the hospital during the holiday season. Giving it back, man. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, you know, all this stuff that's been going on in Hollywood and everything is because these people are too wrapped up in their own garbage <laughs> yeah. and, and not thinking about others. That's it. But we're not going to dwell on that because it's Christmas and this is all good that's news. That's right. Good news. Yes. Kitty Bitty may be small, but he's seen a, a very large world in his time away from the Cameron, Cameron family. The tabby cat went missing from the family's home on the 4th of July, only oh. to show up five months and 2,000 miles away in Riverside County, California, East of Los Angeles. Holy cow. A cat. How does that even happen? Was he hitching? Like, uh, it, the trucker picked him up? And how, I must have had a collar on, I guess, to know who it was. The cat was later found... Oh, I'm right. The cat was later found after hitching a ride on a Pepsi truck to cover the cross-country trip from Pooler, Georgia. He made the return trip on Friday, this time by plane, of course, to be reunited with his family three days before Christmas. Oh, happy for the kids. I'm sorry. This was a made-up story. This is actually a Disney movie coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, oh, you got me for a second. I was like, what? Yeah, no, that, no. <laughs> That's a real story. That, that's just. Yeah. That's really cute. Like They had to have a chip or something in the cat, though, right? A chip. Yeah, I have a chip. Chip. <laughs> chip. Okay. Oh, maybe I'll name my... If I, have, if I have a boy, I'll name him Chip. Okay. Not really. Uh, an 89-year-old Massachusetts man is continuing his own Christmas tradition of spreading holiday cheer by playing his ukulele for patients at a local hospital for another year. I hope, he, I hope he's good. Thomas Ruggles has been playing his baritone ukulele at Emerson Hospital in Concord for at least 15 years, he said in a video released by the hospital. Wow, 89? That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. It's, almost, it's, like, it's, you know, it's good to be uh, an older person and give him back. Right, right, right. You can right. get back at any age, though, right? Right. Okay. Thousands of toys were delivered to Puerto Rico Thursday uh, to bring holiday cheer to children living on the island in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. I actually know someone who's, who does uh, works for Red Cross and has been down there. It's just they do such great work. And As it's, it's still it's still really bad down there, right? I mean, they've made a lot of progress yeah. for sure. But yeah, it's like this is great that the, these toys were delivered. Toys for Tots partnered with Hasbro and a private airline charter company, uh, Hillwood Airways, to bring about thirty thousand toys and games to families in need in Puerto Rico, just in time for the holidays. The charitable organization, which is run by United States Marine Corps Reserve, 
um, they're the ones who put it out. That's mm. awesome. That's great. I we always do toys for tots. My mom, my daughter, we always, my sister, we always buy toys and take it to the Toys or Tots boxes, and then we give to the local firehouse for like local kids too. We bought like uh, some. Uh, uh, stuff for uh, from church. We picked a person and we bought stuff. Yeah, the yeah, Salvation yeah. Army delivers. Yeah, it's really cool. Definitely have to give back. Definitely. Especially this time. You know, a kid that needs something or just wants something. It makes my heart hurt to yeah. think that some kid would not get a Christmas gift. Yeah. I can't think about that. I get too upset. I was talking to my friend who was at his house for Christmas Eve and he said he would always go to the post office to ask for letters from Santa to answer and send people stuff. What a cool guy. Is he single? Uh, no. Oh, He's got a family. It. But uh, he said after 9-11 though they, they wouldn't do it anymore. Oh. The mail, you can't do it anymore. You can't, that's can't that's understandable, yeah. but it's sad. Yeah. You know, you get a letter and say, oh, I need, I, I, don't, I want a coat for Christmas. Like a girl needs a coat. I'm right, cold. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's uh, sad. It's too bad you can't do that anymore. But there's a, there are other ways, like you said, like Toys for Tots. And, and well, actually things. we go to the school, the local school. We ask the elementary school and the uh, K through four and then four through eight. We ask them if there's kids that need coats, boots, hats or gloves and my mother my daughter and i buy them oh and there's usually like a family like two or three families because our town's small that they just can't make it let me tell you something just so you know i was that family at one time that was worried about where i was going to get my kids a winter coat so it, it means everything to me that we do that that's beautiful yeah you're a nice lady thank you not really <laughs> <laughs> um Here's some helpful holiday gift return tips. Oh, here we yeah. go. Yeah. If Santa didn't quite deliver on your wish list this year, you are not alone. Americans returned nearly ninety billion worth Whoa. of gifts on the holidays over the holiday season, according to Oporto, a technology software company that helps retailers manage return excess inventory. That's almost a quarter of all returns for the year. Wow. That's tough. And before you start make to make your post Christmas returns, here are the top things you should know to make it as quick and easy as possible. Beware, not all return policies are created equal. Make sure you check your company's return policy, uh, the company's return policy, including its deadline for returns. Yeah, you, you, of course. I, I think today, uh, they were recording the 26th, is, is the busiest return day. People are just like, right away. They're Why going, would you right? even? <laughs> but they do. I know, but... Well, people I, are I, nuts with this stuff. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. Uh, I gotta see how much this was worth, and I'm gonna get to see what I get yeah, for it. I yeah. wouldn't even, no. <laughs> you may be eligible for returns with free shipping. Over a third of retailers offer free shipping on returns, the National Retail Federation reports. So there's a good chance you could skip that trip to the mall altogether. Awesome. Ugh, I, could, I, I start shaking when I'm in the mall. I, like, I, I can't do it either. <laughs> I'm a bad shopper. I don't want to do it. If you have to return in the store, avoid doing it on December 26th. There you go. You are right. <laughs> Close That's to 40% it. of people doing their post-holiday returns do it on the 26th or 27th. See, I was right. You know what's, what's bothering me about this, though? They're going to bitch and moan. Of course. They're going to go to the mall. They're going to go to the stores. They're going to stand in line. They're going to get nasty. They're going to get hateful. They're going to be pushy. That's the American way. It is. <laughs> Unfortunately. I would do it the day after Christmas. I would wait a week and probably return it in the first or second week of January, when you also see some major discounts as well. That's okay. smart. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Consider regifting. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Love the regift. About fifty percent of Americans are open to the idea of regifting, with coworkers topping the list of likely recipients. It's kind of like it's not worth returning. Some things are just not worth returning. Right. Well, you, yeah. say you get a gift card for like I don't know some place you don't you wouldn't even consider going. Right. Why not give it to somebody who can use it? Why, Why let it waste? There are there are sites where you can sell your gift cards and stuff though too. Uh, oh, dude, you're kidding! I'm not kidding. There's a financial analyst who's on another show I work on, and was giving me these like uh, these tips about how to save money. And <laughs> Holy you get, cow! And like getting cash back for for buying uh, for shopping and things like that. There's there's a lot out there if you want to 
you know, save money. It's or, like a, isn't yeah. that like a career though? Don't you have to like spend a lot of time doing it? No, some of the sites are very easy. Okay. Yeah, I forgot what they are off the top of my head, but you can if you're if you're interested, go check it out. Okay, yeah, the regifting. So, fifty percent of Americans are open to it. Gift cards are among the most uh, popular regifting oh. items, like you just said. Yeah, some retailers will even swap out a new card uh, without Christmas decorations if you're looking to regift post holidays, or you can sell it. Yeah, so okay. There you go. Keep an eye out for sales. Even though you're done decking the halls, retailers are just starting the post-Christmas sales. It's the most wonderful time of the year for major discounts on all holiday merchandise. You can also expect major markdowns on betting electronics and for those making a fitness resolution, exercise equipment. Oh, exercise equipment is a huge sell in January. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. Even you know, Actually, I, I'll be at the Y January 1st, for sure. You know what? I have a big uh, event coming up, I told you. Oh, you did? April. I know. So, I have to really seriously, like, I already work out, so I'm a, I'm work a big out. workout. Oh, I'm a bock. No, I work out a lot, but I have to really up my cardio. You're lucky there's no uh, steroid testing for this for this show. Yeah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I'm bock. Anyway, so, um, we're going to go right into the mail, because I got the mail. Mail's in, and Gail's still with her family. Gail, I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful time with your family in Atlanta. We can't wait to see you again. And in the meantime, I've got... Tough mother mail. Do it. Here I go. I'm going to read one. You read one. Okay. Let's fine. do it that way. Let's Want to read together? It. Harmonize? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's the first one. Dear mother, I'm 17 and been with my boyfriend for four months now. I almost said years. Four months now. I'm incredibly in love with him. I swear I'm not sleazy at all. And we on all the way. He's my first. I would like to tell my mother about losing my virginity because I want to get on the pill. But I'm afraid how she'll react. My mom is normally very understanding, and I can usually tell her just about anything, but I'm afraid this is really going to send her over the edge, and she's not going to let me see my boyfriend. She likes him a lot right now, and she trusts us. Please help. Afraid she'll end it in New Jersey. Hmm. That's a tough one. It is. You know, she's 17, so it is a super tough one. It is super. To be honest with you, as a mother of yes. a daughter... I wouldn't have been thrilled, but I would want you to tell me so we could do something. You don't want her pregnant either. Exactly. Kids are going to do what they're going to do at a certain point. Right. Um, she didn't mention a father either, so that's a, I mean, that's that's a little makes it a little easier, I guess. I think so. What would you do? I mean, I, I think like the you know, as a parent, you want to say trust your mom and she'll look out for you, you know, or keep using condoms. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah. You don't yeah. have to go on the pill. Right. You can use condoms; are very safe. Right. Um. So I'm a little torn. I think part of it is if she's nervous, too nervous about it, and has too much anxiety about it, you can still go get the pill, right? There's a whole Planned Parenthood, or yeah, actually. Right? Yes, yeah, so I don't know a lot about it, but I, I know I've heard of that. So there might be ways around if you're dead set on getting the pill. I would say stick to condoms. You're almost 18. I years think old. I like that better actually you know? than taking a pill. It's also you're putting drugs in your body, right? <laughs> I mean, you're messing with your hormones and everything else. So. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm anti-pill, but I'm just saying like a you know, 17-year-old doesn't need to be on the pill, right? Right. right. And, and we're not saying you shouldn't have sleep with your boyfriend. That's that's you know she's 17. She's almost an adult. She's making a choice. But um, you know, and don't sell your mom short. If she's that understanding, maybe she'll understand this too. You know, your mom is a mom, so she she you know she's been in your shoes before. Right. And and to be honest, afraid in, in Jersey, uh, she you got to own up. If you want to play adult games, you have to own up as a, an adult. That's what happens when you enter the adult world. I, I mean, a lot of people don't own up to things, and unfortunately, they have a really rough life. Own up. Like, this is, I'm I'm going to be an adult soon, and this is a decision I made, and 
you know, right or wrong, be safe. Either way, you don't want to bring a child around now. You're you're young. You've got a lot going on for your life, and I'm sure so does he. But own up and take responsibility for your action. Hate to say it, but and uh, your mom's not naive. You've been with the same boyfriend for four years. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's crossed her mind. Four months. I read oh, that. Four wrong. months. I'm sorry. You said, yeah. Yeah. Four. Even so, you know, you're high school senior, junior, senior. It's probably, I'm sure it's crossed her mind. Yeah. And she and she probably feels uncomfortable, doesn't want to invade your space and ask. Right. But I, I think she'd be relieved to know that you came to her and trusted her with that. Yeah, I think so too. It's just hard to know how people are in parents. You know, we know how parents should be, but we don't know how she would be. Right. So. And I don't know how I would be. Actually. Right. I always want to think I'd be really cool, uh, but I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't. As a father, I'd be, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, own up to it. You're, yeah. you're work, walking in the adult world, then you have to own up to it as an adult. And as a parent, I would respect at least that you came to me. Yeah, me too. And be happy about it. So, at some point, I would get over it and think that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go scream in the bathroom yeah, for five exactly. minutes. I'll be as back. As I bury my yeah. head in the pillow. <laughs> go ahead, take number two. Okay. Dear One Tough Mother, I am a 47-year-old woman who was diagnosed with bipolar, bipolar disorder four years ago. The doctor said the medication would take care of it. Then he sent me home to deal with it. The medication helped for a while. However, I became resentful and unhappy with the side effects and quit taking it. I seemed to be fine for the first six months, then boom, manic city. I ended up in a psychiatric center for five days. I voluntary, voluntarily attended a two-week intensive outpatient program. I am now I am back on lithium and feel good. During the program, I learned there is a mountain of information about this disorder and support groups on chat lines. What a relief it was to learn I was not alone. Mother, please tell your readers, especially at this time of year who suffer from bipolar disorder, that there's more help available than just taking medication and urge them to seek help and not just drugs to cope with their disorder. Sober and smiling. I like that. Wow. Thanks for writing us and telling us. And what a great point, especially at this time of year, because people get really depressed. And it's, 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 uh, I'm sure you've known people. Uh, there's a, a policeman from my hometown who I didn't really know personally, but I knew people who knew him. They switched his medication. His family, a great guy from everything I heard, family guy, kids, and on his 40th birthday, he, he committed suicide. Right. Um, and because he was sick. Like, he, he had, it wasn't like any other thing. It was, he was sick because he was a, a good man, a family man. People loved him, but he was sick. And medication's scary. And if something's not working for you, and if your doctor's not addressing it, you need to go see someone else. Because, right. you know, and I like what this letter said. There's, there's more than just taking the medication. There's more things you can do. Right. It's a tough situation to be in. Those people really have to fight. Yes, you know? I agree. And you mm-hmm. know what? I get worried about it too because, um, like, I've never had to take medication. So I, I'm, I try to stop myself from being. Um, oh, you shouldn't have to take medicine. I try to stop myself, but I understand it, it is a disease and people do no. need medication at the, times. Yeah, it, well, I think you and I agree that just people are over medicated in general. But Tremendously. There is a place, there's a time and place for medication. Right. Just right. like probably like in 20% of what it's actually being used. Actually, know? yeah, because I used to work in it when um, I worked in a big corporation. I think out of like 25 people on this one floor, me and another person were the only two that weren't taking some kind of anxiety, antidepressant, or uh, some kind of drug that blew my mind because they were all talking about it. And I was just like, oh my God. People don't even realize. Like, it's. It's an epidemic and you know not to get in, go down this rabbit hole but that's where the kids start right. the kids start with their parents medication and then when they can't get that that's, we you know we live in new jersey that's that's where the, they go to heroin from the they start with the prescribed pills and then they go to heroin it's scary and it's like do you really need those pills right do you, do you need them you need your valium do you need your xanax 
Some people probably do, but I'm sure it's, I, I, would, I would guess the majority don't. Right. I would go with you. And I'm going to say thanks again, um, Sober and Smiling. Thank you for bringing this up and for pointing out that there are other things to do. Like, be your own advocate. Look, I mean, you got, For goodness sakes, everybody, you got the freaking internet. Like, you can look up so much and learn so much from the internet. And there's um there's an uh, announcer, he works for Showtime Boxing, and he does wrestling too. His name's Mauro Ronaldo. And he suffers from bipolar disorder, and he's just an advocate. He's he's out there with it, and he, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, on his Twitter and everything else, he's just he's a total advocate for for it, and is you know, and credit to him for standing up and trying to help other people. I mean, we had Jamie Foxx's daughter Corinne on. Remember back when we see like twenty shows ago, and she was big on um, anxiety because she she suffers tremendous anxiety, and she's learned to deal with it in natural ways. And I think she brought that up about the. Um, was it the national? Oh, I have to look it up. We'll have to go back to that show because there's actually, you know, a government study and, and places you can go that to will your help point, you with it. Yeah, to your point, do your, you know, if you suffer, do your homework. Yes. And, and you know, check out all avenues and all options. Because it's not across the board. What works for somebody may not work for someone else. And don't take anybody else's med. Just so you know, I did hear that. Like, oh, you know, I was having a really tough time. He gave me a Xanax. Knock it off. Don't no. even. You're using drugs, basically. Right, right. Because people don't, people don't equate that with drug use, but that's exactly what it is. Right. Well, th- thank you again, and, and good luck to you. And our last letter today is, Dear One Tough Mother, my mother-in-law babysits my two-year-old son once a week. She's a wonderful, loving, and caring person. However, she's a chain smoker. <sighs> she seriously lights a second cigarette before she puts the other one Oof. out. She smokes like... She's never stopped, and she does that in front of our son. No. When she when he gets home, he is saturated oh. with smoke, and I have to bathe him immediately and wash his clothes. Now I'm freaking out because it's he's constantly rubbing his eyes. Oh, my God. And he's two, and obvious reasons. I don't want him around smoke anymore. I'm getting angry. Unfortunately, okay, stay <laughs> calm. Unfortunately, in my husband's eyes, his mother can do no wrong. He says it's once a week, and she looks forward to having him, and he's not going to hurt her feelings. He reminds me he grew up with her smoking and he's fine mother what should i do mm. hate smoking in tennessee kick your husband yeah no, no it, uh, i don't mean to be i don't want to make it funny because my mom was a big smoker too oh you know what and after i read this just now i'm <laughs> thinking didn't you tell me your mother was a huge smoker yeah my, both my parents and your house was filled with smoke yeah well she i think as it got older she and she knew more like in quotes like she'd be outside whatever but as a baby yeah i think she smoked when she was pregnant you know it's oh yeah, yeah back in that day oh yeah did. right so i'm not trying to say my mom is a horrible person she's not i love her and we have we're still very close but all you have to do with this is uh, to me this is a very easy answer we like we we talk about we have all this information like we just talked about bipolar disorder we have all this information at our fingertips you just arm yourself you don't don't get in a fight about it just arm yourself with information and show like in and show your husband this is what the effects can have on kids here are the studies here are the reports it has to stop it can't it can't be i believe you right i'm sorry i love your mom and i know she loves our 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 son but this this is just this is doesn't make any sense i'm glad you're okay i'm glad that you survived and you didn't have any problems from your mom smoking with you but this is a chance we don't have to take i would rather be broke paying for a babysitter than having my kid in full of uh, uh, in a room full of smoke once a week. I agree, a thousand percent. Mm. I mean, I, I think if you sat her down honestly and just said, you know, we I, this really bothers me, and and I I know that you did it with your kids. I just have to ask you, please, not to smoke. Or how about she comes to your house? 
Is that uh, she? I think she's babysitting for them in her house. So why can't you just say, "Can you come to my house?" Either it doesn't matter where it is because she's going to smoke. This woman's you know is a chain smoker, and if you can't watch the kid and be outside smoking, right? So it's not going to work. No, no, and she can't. You can't really ask her to not smoke for a day because she'll lose her mind. She'll she'll have to probably this woman probably has to go through withdrawals to quit smoking. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's just not going to work. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Yeah, you're gonna have to set her down and let her make the choice. Either quit smoking around my son. You know, even offer maybe to help put in her program or or buy her buy her uh, the vape thing or the e-cigarettes or the patch or whatever they do now. I don't know. I know there's a lot of ways to try to quit smoking. Um, And it's like you don't want to hold your your grandson hostage, but it's not it's 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 not good for his health. Like she's saying, he's rubbing his eyes. But it's just we know this. This is common sense now. You right. can't. We're not, secondhand smoke's not good for us. We're we're fully grown adults. This kid is two. That means he's not, his immune system and everything's not fully developed yet. Right. This is bad. Very bad. Even yeah. if it's once a week, it's bad. And they, you know, I wouldn't argue with your husband. I'd say, look, I understand how you feel, but here, please read this information. I have a problem with this, and we need to come up with a solution. This isn't working for me. I agree. And 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 again, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to get our opinion, and remember, we're not doctors, lawyers, therapists. Which is good old, it's good old fashioned motherly advice, and that's what we give. Um, co- please write us at onetoughmother.com. When you go to one tough mother with a U M U T H E R dot com, there's a tab that says you know write a letter or speak to us, and you can write us a letter, and we'll be happy to help you. I mean. We have a lot of, between us, we have um, how many years life experience? Uh, It's not polite to ask a a tough brother (laughs) his age. Yeah, so we have a lot of life experience (laughs) in this room. And we have a lot of, actually, we have a lot of professional friends. And we bring a lot of professional people in. So please write us. And you can find us on? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, One Tough Mother. With a U. Yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. We're everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. And You're crazy. I am crazy. <laughs> and um, I want to give you the mother says for Please. today. Oh, but before we do, I have to talk about pod search. You, yes, you do. I'm so sorry. I, I have to bring pod search was kind enough to sponsor our entire show this week. And let me tell you something. I'm just really thrilled to be part of their their program, the pod search program, podsearch.com. You go, you can find a podcast on any subject, anywhere on PodSearch. I mean, it's amazing. And it's super, super easy. And if you're like me or Seth and you commute far, it's awesome to be able to get PodSearch on your phone and listen while you're driving. And your Bluetooth uh, would be best. Yeah, or, or your yeah. earbuds. What do you, you have can't on? do earbuds and drive, Karen. Okay, okay. okay. Are you doing earbuds? No, I, I have a Bluetooth. Mm. But you know, but listen, you know, I I really do. Or if you're it's on the train, site. you can use uh, of course earbuds. But go to podsearch.com and and look, they have everything you could possibly ask for. Obviously, us. if they're listening to this, they, they they know how to listen to podcasts. But you, I still meet people like, how do you do it? How do you listen? Oh no, all the know. time, all the time. It's amazing. Because if you have a Droid, you don't have that button already loaded in. But right. if you have an iPhone, you have the button, so they just hit it. Yeah, but you just go to the App Store, type in podcast, you'll get a bunch of different things on your Droid. That right, you can, right. You know, Stitcher, and there's different sites. TuneIn has a lot of podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. And pod- podcasts are great. And so go to podsearch.com. There's a pod... Wait, there's a podcast for everyone, right? Absolutely. Everything you could possibly imagine. I, you know, uh, I just recently got engaged, as you know. Again, and, congratulations. Thank you. And I was talking to uh, the jeweler, who's is, is a... Uh, Family, sort of, uh, and uh, we were talking. I was telling him what I do, and I work in podcasting. And you know, he, he's like, oh, I don't. Know. He doesn't know about it. I said, 
I guarantee you, I type right now on my phone, I'll find jewelry, podcasts about jewelry, all kinds of, from from the retail side of it to making it to whatever else. And I, sure enough, there's there's a bunch of them, you know? Really? There's a, a podcast on anything, you know? Hopefully nothing uh, evil. Jewelry, I didn't think, but okay. It, anything. Come on, think about Etsy and all other stuff. Like, it's oh, all yeah, connected. yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever's going on online, there's a podcast to support it. Yeah. Like, um, there's podcasts about selling stuff on Amazon. There's... there's tons of it like by professionals by by people who are successful who want to pay it forward anything you want yeah so go you to podsearch.com thank you podsearch we're, we're thrilled to be part of your your site and part of your program and um please come back to us so have a good <laughs> have a great one so mother says is this be so busy improving yourself that you have no time to criticize others that might be my favorite one you've ever done. Thank you. I like that. I like that one too. If you're so busy improving yourself, you're not going to oh, look at hey, do it. I've been guilty of that. Yeah, it's 2018, people. You know, nothing changes unless you change it. Change that, if nothing else. Yeah, if you put as much energy into yourself as you do into criticizing others, you'll see, it'll be amazing how far you can get. Absolutely. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Um, have a great, safe, and happy new year. Please be safe. Look at what, you know, think about you and the people around you. Get an Uber if you have to. Get an Uber. We love you and we'll see you soon. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.